Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue-chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for a compelling discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely unpack the details and expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates whom are running for office. We also discuss the developments of milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the Pravda Propaganda Network's fake news media outlets. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on with this, obviously the news of the day, the news of the century, the news of the last hundred years, as uh, this this coronavirus right now, which, which which is going on, which which is affecting the lives of everybody. You know, and, and I want to say that we here on The Point, we are proud that you've made us your guiding light in times of a political upheaval and turmoil like this coronavirus. And we do unpack the truth in a way that does pack a punch. And that's why we're here. We appreciate you tuning in. So let's jump right into this. I, I want to talk a little bit about what media malpractice has been doing lately and uh, what's been going on with the the propaganda networks with their media malpractice run amok. You ever see the news conferences, and it's amazing when you watch the news conferences and you watch CNN's reporters ask questions, like one of the recent questions uh, from a CNN Acosta, I think it was the, the guy that was asking the questions. He says, so what do you think about the false hope that you gave to Americans when you told them on this date in early March and on this date in early March and on this date in late February that all this is going to go away. Do you feel like maybe you misrepresented the facts? And Trump looked at him and said, well, I mean, this is going away. And, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you know, they're trying to do a gotcha moment with this. And it's just it is it is a rabid assault on our president and blatant disregard and dishonesty for the facts on the ground. He came in with that question. What's interesting is he came in with the loaded question. All these reporters, many of them, not all of them, but many of them come in with a question that's already prepared. And even though they listen to the press conference that goes on for a good 35 to 40 minutes before the questions from the president start taking questions from the media. And what's really interesting is that, uh, you know, that they, they, they already have their question. They know what they're going to ask the president. And it has nothing to do with the facts that were just stated at the news conference. So, in other words, they're not there taking notes. They're not there trying to get clarification on some of the facts that Trump came out with. They're not trying to get clarification. They're simply trying to give him a question that's more of a got you type moment. And Trump just plays jujitsu on these people and does it, as Nancy Pelosi would say, plays jujitsu on these people. And, and literally, he, he, does the, he does the twist on them. I mean, he's like the Teflon Don. But, you know, he's been handling media malpractice his entire life. I think this is what I've always known about Trump, was how he just dismantled the, 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 uh, the, the tabloid newspapers, if you will, the tabloids in New York City. He, he, he totally dismantled the tabloids back in the 80s. But what's interesting, and again, getting back to what's actually happening, so that, that's what's going on at the news conferences. Then, of course, on the networks, okay, you had, you had Megan McCain, who's, She's on the view, okay. She's out there. She's asking Newt Gingrich uh, a question. She says uh, there was an article out there in the New York Times this morning. She said 
that talks about how all the doctors in the country this morning. Now, this is this is an, uh, a question that M- M- McCain had asked Newt Gingrich on The View uh, maybe about two weeks ago. OK, so I just want to put this in perspective. so Everybody knows if you want to Google it. You can probably uh, you can probably go to YouTube and see it for yourself. But again, she comes out, she says there was an article on The New York Times this morning that talks about how all the doctors in the country this morning are writing their wills and having to change it because the people they're close to are either too old or fellow doctors and they may die. Some people have resorted to wearing garbage bags because they don't have the right supplies or protective gear. So McCain goes on to say, I'm furious. Most Americans are furious. She goes on, she says, this seems like a referendum on many things, but especially the preparedness we have for a crisis like this. She went, She goes on to say, what went wrong? What can average Americans watching in horror, as she says, do to help? And so I'm going to basically say uh, uh, Newt Gingrich, well, he, he lended Megan McCain some help. <laughs> he, he got her off the ledge, folks. Okay, he brought her in off the ledge. I think Gingrich did it masterfully. The Gingrich went on to say, bring her in off the ledge. He said, people blaming Trump for failing to act. But he goes, let's remember what was going on. What was going on during this? whole thing in the in the back in January. I think what's interesting, he was going through the impeachment during the early stages of the virus. And, you know, maybe things would have been different had he not been forced to slog through the attempt to impeach the president. And again, not for high crimes or misdemeanors, but for uh, a conversation that some viewed as inappropriate, whatever. So they pushed the president through the hoop. For like 10 weeks, you know, January, I should say December and January into February. And we had the propaganda networks out there declaring that Trump messed up early in this pandemic. Folks, the, invest- the investigation cycle we went through for nearly four years has weakened the country. And this is what Newt Gingrich was trying to tell Megan McCain as he's bringing her in off the ledge. Now, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. But he basically said, Megan, come on in off the ledge and don't jump. Everything's going to be okay. Okay. You have to understand, Megan, that the the investigation cycle we just went through for nearly four years has weakened the country. And yes, has weakened the presidency because this is what's going on. This weakens us overseas when people watch this. And he, he went on to say it does weaken the president. Look, Trump is our Gideon in chief, folks. And I think Megan McCain is getting a taste of that. Because quite honestly, he's handled these attacks masterfully. He really has. However, if it were not for these investigations, these unnecessary investigations that Trump went through, he would have achieved much more. And it's not just the Democrats. It's the media malpractice that is occurring. It's destructive and it's endlessly dishonest. And, and, and look, I just want to point that out. I mean... I just said how, you know, that he could have gotten so much more done. The damage done to this presidency that the media malpractice and the Democrats have accomplished, we can never get back that lost ground. And we're seeing a little of it on how this is this happened out here with the uh, 
with this virus and whatnot. I mean, Trump saw what was going on. So Trump turned around and he basically told, uh, you know, he, he had he initiated travel restrictions. OK, and they attacked the president. I mean, the media went off on the pre- president when he when he cut off flights to China. They attacked him. They called him a, a, a xenophobe. Then they attacked him for calling it a Chinese virus. Well, we know where it originated, but they didn't like him. They didn't like that. They even seem to support the Chinese narrative in their stories. The narrative that states that we infected China. And as I said, look, throughout January, what was Trump dealing with? He was dealing with the media malpractice and the impeachment sham. Folks, they weren't paying attention to what was going on in China and frankly minimizing it. And that's just the facts. I mean, we saw that too. You know, if you, if you had to go, if, if you had to go back and listen to, to their reporting, you would be astonished. You absolutely would be astonished. They don't understand what a dictatorship is really like. No ivory tower liberal does. They just don't get it. They don't connect with anybody. They think everything fits in a bottle and they can study it from there. You know, it's, it's different. It's, it's really, I, it's really distinctive when you see the Chinese culture, it's sim- the sympathies for the Chinese culture that have permeated the colleges and the universities as well as the media. I mean, just look at the Confucius Institutes. They're out there, folks. Look, the prop to propaganda networks are rabidly anti-Trump and profoundly dishonest. The media outrage is largely due to the fact that Trump has been unfiltered for quite some time, for like five weeks. Every day he's out there. He's not being interpreted by the phony experts in the fake news. No, no, no. He's out there. He's unfiltered. So they're not able to contain the Trump popularity. No, they're not. And this is driving them insane. They are trying to get Biden on the set. I mean, they're bringing Biden out there. Biden's got like a little TV headquarters or something built up in his basement. And he has his little press conferences. Okay. And uh, he looks like a, like about 100. Okay. And he doesn't know what day it is or forgets the, the topic of the, that they're discussing. He loses train of thought. But whatever it is we're seeing, Trump approvals are going way up, and we are seeing that. And when they see Trump approvals increasing and more people tuning in to watch, they're asking themselves, what can they do and what can they come up with to stop this, to stop the Trump train? And the answer is the same every time. Nothing. They can do nothing to stop the Trump train. Look. You know, again, you just look at the press conferences and you see it. And I, I, you see it every day, but you see which ones, which reporters, which reporters come in with pre-prepared questions and which ones actually take notes and ask questions based upon the facts that were just revealed. In other words, clarification of the facts that were just discussed. You can see it with the media and how they just, <laughs> they don't care about what he's talking about. They want to get Trump on a gotcha question. I think it's just really compelling. And I think what's interesting is 60 plus percent of this country sees it. 
with the constant media saturation, complete with a with, with a scorecard every day of the of the deaths and the, the new infection cases and whatnot, even with all that taking place, with all that going on, okay, we see very very clearly that the media is well they're they're losing their grip. They are simply losing their grip because we are. You know, we're in a war. We're in a war with a with a with a plague, okay. And Trump is going to win in November, and every poll says he's going to win, and they know it. They see this. And uh, so Trump is. You know, what is Trump doing? And, and again, you know, what has he been doing lately? Well, he's extending the social media. The, I should say he's extending the social distancing guidelines. He's basically extending the the, the guidelines to end in late April. Trump stated that he expects the peak of infections to hit, you know, in a week or so, right around Easter or just thereabouts. What's interesting, too, is you actually see governors in states like Nevada. Nevada's one state. I believe Michigan was another one where they're demonizing the use of trial medicines. Trump stated that the hydroxychloroquine with the ZPAC is being is being utilized and it's working. And they're and but these governors are like, no, no, we're not doing it until the FDA comes out. Or they, you know, says that it's it's doable, or you know, the until we until we get approval from it. Well, what's going on in New York is that Trump's working with another another Democrat governor, and they're giving that hydroxychloroquine in a Z pack to 1,100 people to see how it works. And folks, I think we're going to find out that it 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 does pretty good. And I think Trump is very optimistic about it. And I think a lot rides on this because if this really helps a lot. This is going to be a very telling moment on how quickly we come out of this. Because if we've got a, a reasonable treatment for this, he might bring us out of this a lot quicker. And I'm, I'm just very hopeful and very prayerful that this can work. I'm really, really, really prayerful, but I think it can work. We also have the five-minute test. I think that's uh, that's coming out now. They have a five-minute test. That should be out in a few days. And uh, it's a simple, quick test that's uh, that's going to take a couple of minutes. It just it's not as intrusive as what they're doing now, folks. We just we just broke a million people tested in this country a few days ago. We just broke a million. We're testing a hundred thousand a day. We're testing more than any other country. We're testing more than anybody. Okay, so we are we we're we're just we're out front in this. Okay, we are testing everybody. And therefore, we're going to show more infected. We're going to show that because we're doing more testing. But as the testing goes on, you're going to see the mortality rate drop as well. And uh, that's interesting as well. But I want to talk a little bit about Cuomo the Pious, Andrew Cuomo the Pious. He's the governor of New York. Well, he offered good news on some concerns that people were freaking out about a few days ago. He said the availability of personal protection equipment, the gowns and masks is sufficient, but then he then offered a stark concern for not having enough beds and ventilators. Well, Trump sent, I said, I, I guess Trump has delivered thousands of ventilators to New York. And I guess these, he was saying at a press conference that they went into a warehouse. Now, Trump and the federal government have built four hospitals and four medical centers in New York. Now, these are not 
tents. Okay, this is not they just threw up a tent. These are very elaborate facilities. They put together these facilities, four hospitals, four medical centers. He's also sent that ship down there. And they've sent millions of they've sent millions of masks down there to New York. But the problem the propaganda media is the Democrats, well, they just hate Trump for going against the grain. So they they're challenging Trump and they're they're, they even have the governor saying, well, we didn't get that many, or we didn't get this, or we didn't get that. But, folks, just so we're clear, they have the ventilators they need right now, and they've got more hospital beds. I mean, he's he's built, like I said, four hospitals and four medical centers, and he sent the ship down there. So he's added thousands of beds, folks. He's added that. He's expanded their capacity. You know, and it's really interesting that, that what the Democrats don't get about Trump, and this is what a lot of liberals just don't get i mean i was on a school board and i'm telling you liberals they just like bureaucracy they seem to trust bureaucracy they seem to trust the 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 process of bureaucracy they like focus groups okay they like they like the 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 the, the, uh, the giant meetings that take place with bureaucrats trying to solve problems they like the commissions that get deployed and and whatnot. Okay, they like this. I know in the, in the school district I was on a school board on, I used to get frustrated watching it, the administration constantly go out and hire outside consulting firms to do the consulting that they themselves should be doing. I never could figure it out. I mean, what are we paying you for? And are we going to bring this consulting firm in? It's stuff that they should be able to make the decisions of. Well, they're just liberals. This is the way they think. You know, he Trump doesn't employ study commissions he doesn't do that trump does not bring in like 12 bureaucrats to figure out how to streamline a problem he, he just does it he gets in there with one or two people and they streamline the problem they don't like it the liberals don't like the fact that he doesn't follow the standard protocol he's not a bureaucrat they don't like that about him and quite frankly trump may be the most aggressive president they ever dealt with I've heard one historian comment on Andrew Jackson. I mean, he, he's he's the most aggressive president since Andrew Jackson, one historian said. Look, economically, we're the strongest ever right now. And, we're, and, and we were it before the virus. We were the strongest country on planet Earth. And we we're moving stronger. And we then all of a sudden, we got hit with this plague. Now, if we kept business as usual, I, I was interesting because Trump brought this up. At one of his press conferences, he said, we kept business as usual. He said, we could have lost a million to two million people. He said, for sure, we would have lost a lot of people. And, and he knew this because he saw what was going on. He, you know, he thinks what was going on in China. I mean, look, he knows what he knows information that they haven't revealed to us yet. And I think when you look at what's going on in China, I mean, it's really interesting. And, and you know, there was a, a, an article recently going on in China that talked about 21 million cell phone users in China suddenly disappeared in three months of a pandemic. And I just thought it was interesting because their official count is 3,277 fatalities and 81,000 infections. But the Epic Times noted the troubling disappearance of some 21 million cell phone accounts in China over the past three months. And they noticed that it was an unprecedented decline 
that hints at more fatalities, that hints at more fatalities than Beijing is, is prepared to admit. I got to tell you, folks, there's something there, and I think Trump knows it, too. They have the satellite photos of China. They know that they were burning villages. They know that as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's really, uh, you know, I, I just think that they see something that was there, okay? They were watching from satellites what was going on in the uh, Hubei province and the city of Wuhan where the Chinese officials are currently making claims of zero infections now. That, I mean, I can't imagine anybody really seriously believing, but whatever. I mean, I, I just think, you know, they're watching how China handled this whole thing and, and how China. And look, there's a few things consistent with China. And, and one of those things is that they just don't tell the truth. I think that's a very compelling point. We know that about China. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at how. I think the Chinese live animal markets that were at the center of the Chinese outbreak, and they just weren't honest about it. And they just weren't honest about it. But we talked, we talked a little bit about the breakdown of all of this and, and how, um, how the, uh, how the Chinese simply, you know, how, how it just kind of worked out the timeline and all this. And look, the bottom line is we, we know the Chinese weren't accurate with their assessments early on. The World Health Organization failed miserably, uh, you know, and, and, and we also know and, and we can look at a lot to do with the biological attempt. There are some people that have suggested that this virus was man-made. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to say Did this come from an animal market. Was this birthed or born out of the Chinese themselves eating exotic animals? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know. I just know that when you the, the virus itself survives longer than other viruses do outside the body. That is a fact. They know that this has a special layer of fat around it that helps it survive longer. We know that too. So I think that the president knows some things that, uh, quite frankly, I think that they're not. He just doesn't want to tell us all right now, and I, I respect that. I mean, I'm. There's some things that we, we just need to support the president and just understand that he's governing the country. But getting back to what I was talking about, look, if we kept business as usual, Trump was, he stated that we could have lost millions of people, one to two million. And I think this is why he continues to support social distancing. And this is why he supports the $2 trillion relief bill. Like this virus is in 151 countries and it came out of China. We know that. We know what's going on in Italy, Spain, and France, and we know it's horrible. They need ventilators, and Trump is coordinating with private businesses to have tens of thousands made. We see that Russia, China, and Iran are consistently involved in a mass disinformation campaign. And we watch the Pravda propaganda networks doing everything they can to hurt the president. I mean, this is. I was talking to a reporter from the Reading Eagle recently, and she asked the question. She says, so, I mean, are Republicans motivated with all this going on? Are they still motivated to vote? I says, every time they put the, the news on, every time a Republican watches the propaganda networks, mercilessly, rapidly go after this president with dishonest reporting, every time they see that dishonesty and that rabid attack and assault and savagery on our president, Whenever the Republicans see it, 
it emboldens them more and more to come out and vote. It strengthens them that much more to come out and vote. I said, trust me, I said, the Republicans are never, they've never been so united that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I think Trump sees it. We know this. We know that his favorable ratings among Republicans is, well, it's in the mid-90s in most any poll I've seen. And quite honestly, I've seen polls that show him near perfect on it. I mean, when you look at what's going on with the Republicans right now, they all support the president. Most of the uh, most of the independents support the president. And I saw polling that actually showed almost a, almost 30 percent of Democrats support the president, certainly between 25 to 30 percent. Now, you know, you look at Palauzi's comments, and I, I think what's interesting, and again, I want to get to Palauzi because she, uh, we're going to get into the Watchmen a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the relief bill and all the nonsense that she wanted to put in there. We'll be talking about that on the Watchmen, the relief bill that Palauzi and the Democrats wanted to give relief. Now, this is the promised punishment bill that, that they wanted to put on the businesses. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the Watchmen. But let me get to what Basically, her comments that Trump did not do enough early, you know, it just shows that she's sick and insane with Trump derangement syndrome. And again, you know, she's watching the fact that we tested a million people plus over a million people now and that we're testing over 100,000 a day. She sees this happening. And she seems to forget that early on in January, she had Trump under assault. That's right, folks, under political assault with her phony impeachment sham. She doesn't mention that. Now, you know, the propaganda networks, they overlooked that, too. They overlooked that, too. They overlooked the fact that Trump instituted the travel ban, which they themselves called xenophobic. They overlooked that because now they see it, it was very important. And again, you know, Palauzi and the Democrats did not focus on anything but impeachment, Russian collusion, or anything like them. That's all they were focusing on for the last few years. And this is the truth of it. And they know that. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just blown away by it. Look. Alex Azar, he's uh, the head of Health and Human Services. Uh, he's a secretary there. He was talking. He was talking about how the president, in the coming days, is going to work with medical and scientific advisors to make a determination on how and when to reopen the country after wide-scale closures in the effort to stop the spread of the virus. Now. Just so, who is this guy? Azar is one of the president's closest advisors and top member, top member of Vice President Pence's Corona Task Force to lead the American response to this crisis. That's who this guy is. Now, Trump is uh, coordinating with, with this guy and with White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks. And she's the uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention Director. And you've seen her under assault on CNN. All right. And other phony networks. They got her under assault. We have Dr. Robert Redfield. He's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director. 
And we have Dr. Fauci that we all know. He's the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration. And Stephen Hahn, among others. No, I'm sorry. Fauci is not the director of Food and Drug Administration. Stephen Hahn is. Fauci is the uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease director. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, uh, you know, you, you, you have these people out there looking for the curve of the disease and and how effective the extraordinary measures that were taken to stop this spread and uh, how it's worked so far. I mean, so the president is looking at the data with these people. And again, you know, as well as I'm sure some other outside advisors, I mean, look, and he's making decisions as to extend to extend the social distancing, you know, through the through, through late April, he wants to do this with appropriate modifications that he's going to make. And, and again, where where what we are identifying is, and he's Trump has identified hot spots from the data. Trump is looking at whether we're seeing communities that have taken these types of efforts and actually lived up to them. See, he's looking. You know, he, he's trying to make he's trying to analyze that data with these experts. And we are beginning to see a bending of the curve from an, epide- an epidemiology uh, perspective happening soon, I think. I mean, this is all coming together. But this is difficult because with the with the epidemiological data, there's always a lag in terms of what we see. So some of this, in terms of advice from his top scientific advisors, it's going to be based on their experience and expertise. And I'm sure the president is going to have to balance balance against that the very valid concerns that he has on the impact of the economy, as well as the social fabric in the United States against against what restrictions are coming in. The data that the president and his team of doctors and scientists are considering are considering how and what they're what they're looking at they're, they're 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 considering how to reopen this country is what they're looking for they're going to get this economy going. Now Trump stated that we don't want to declare victory before we have victory and I think that's very important too. Most importantly, we need effective data on mortality rates of the disease and also infection rates with the other data. And that's what's interesting. And Dr. Burks and others are saying the most important data we have that we have to look at is the essentially irrefutable is mortality data. I mean, we have to look at the mortality data. How many people are dying from COVID-19? That is our firmest bit of data in assessing the situation when this is analyzed with infection rates and new cases, we've got to look at the death rates, the, the number of people dying. Now, this issue is we can the, the, the issue that we have is that we cannot we, can, we just can't test everybody. But we have tested a lot of people. As I stated, we've tested over a million people. I don't want to miss that. And, you know, what's really interesting is that we, we jumped into this and and. We're seeing that we've tested a lot of people. 
And I think the terms are out there. We, we see the, the results of where we're at on all this. But there is a lag in terms of what we see, in, you know, and, and, that, and we know that. As I said, you know, it's, it's important because the data that the president and his team of scientists are considering, and, and they're looking at this to try to figure out when to reopen the country, as I said. Now, the, uh, Trump stated on a town hall on Fox last week that he hopes to reopen much of the United States by Easter. Well, that was aspirational. I think that that was something. And, and, and the media tried to get him on a gotcha moment. You know, as I said, though, we have to get the data in. And. It's the testing itself is a distinctive indicator that gives us a trend. So as we do more trusted testing, we're going to see the rates change and we must analyze the mortality data with the infection numbers. So Trump at the data, you know, he states, you know, some time ago, about 10 days ago, he said, I hope to be open by April 12th. Well, it was an aspirational question. Well, he was challenged by a CNN reporter on it that he was maybe giving out false hope. And as we stated, Trump has, decided, has this, Trump decided to extend the social distancing. They wanted to get him on a gotcha. And Trump just says, you know, he says, it's amazing that you, that you people are fixed on these questions before you come here. And you're not, you're not analyzing what we're talking about with, uh-huh. for clarifications. He, I mean, that's a paraphrase, but basically he hit these people in the eye for trying to create a narrative. I thought it was a masterful job that he did. Some people didn't like it, but I love the president for doing it. I think he's doing a great job. But he's, Trump has called this fight against the virus a war and against an invisible enemy. And, and he's he's noted how people are calling him a wartime president responding to the crisis. I think the media sees it and they hate it. They hate the fact that Trump is uh, looking like, well, like Winston Churchill or FDR up there. I mean, he's uh, he's looking like, you know, a very popular governor popular president like maybe you know eisenhower or whatever and and, and they just can't stand it they hate the fact that he looks like a leader and i mean i i can tell you right now i I was talking to my wife about this the other day thank goodness hillary clinton's not the president because i mean god only knows what she'd be doing i mean like any good socialist the first thing they want to do is find an excuse to, to establish martial law so they can they can cease all civilian control and put it under military control, which, by the way, she would be in charge of. And then create whatever situation she wants to before she goes back to civilian control. And quite honestly, we don't know how it work out. But, I mean, we watched these people try to take our president out for the 25th Amendment. <laughs> don't put it past these people if they were ever in charge. Don't ever put it past what they're capable of doing. Don't ever miss that, folks. I, I don't want our listeners to miss that because that's a very compelling point, very distinctive point. <clears throat> Anyone that's capable of trying to say that Donald Trump was mentally unstable and needed to be removed, and they actually got with members of the Justice Department to be involved in this 25th Amendment coup attempt. Which, by the way, the Constitution does not say. I mean, the Constitution is very clear. Who, who does the 25th Amendment? Who, who actually works to, to remove the president for the 25th Amendment? The Constitution is very clear 
as to how that process is done. You can believe, folks, take my word for it, that the Justice Department is not in that equation. But Obama's Justice Department that Trump took over, that uh, they, they inserted themselves in that equation. He actually had Rosenstein threatening to wear a wire, if you remember that. So don't put it past these people. And, I mean, he said that, and he, of course, he later said, I was joking, I was joking. Well, again, Rosenstein's sister's in the CDC. You know, it's interesting, I was listening to Rush a little bit um, a few uh, a few days ago, and he was talking about how, you know, he, he just doesn't believe these people. <laughs> As he calls it, he says, uh, Rush puts it, he says, uh, experience, no, it's uh, intelligence guided by experience, as he puts it. Uh, and look, uh, folks, I, I tend to think Rush is on to something with this. I just don't trust the, I don't trust the, the, the CDC. I think that there are deep staters in it. We know that Rosenstein's sister's in it because she was there. Okay. We know that she made the comments that she made. So you can't just rule it all out. But you know, look, Trump is leading us in a war against the virus and the the president's approaching this from a wartime perspective. So what this means is the media and the Democrats should be taking a different approach to communication. They should be basically trying to rally together and, you know, and, and getting everybody together and trying to get people motivated and inspired. They should be all playing a part in this. But it seems like they're working against Trump trying to de they're trying to to depress people while Trump is trying to lift people. Trump is at work trying to lift the spirits of Americans, and they're at work trying to depress Americans. I mean, I, this is very apparent, folks, and you watch this on the news. It's a, I'm telling you, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, if you're able to do it, you'll see what I'm talking about. And the experts that they bring out there and the phony experts that they parade out there, this is all about depressing America and making Trump look bad. And, and the people see it. Thank goodness people see it. Almost two-thirds of this country sees it, almost two-thirds in the polling that I saw. Showed 60%. That's almost two-thirds. <laughs> but, I mean, they should be taking a different approach, and they're not. They're all playing money morning quarterback, and they're going after Trump's actions with lies and deceptions. Look, Trump, And, again, because Trump is trying to rally the country against this virus, much like FDR did or Woodrow Wilson did or Dwight Eisenhower did and, and Truman did and others, okay? Trump, as, as our commander-in-chief, has been marshalling every resource, not just of our government, but of the economy as well. And he did that, he's doing that in a way that the president, well, like President Wilson in World War I did. Okay, and or he would have. I mean, they didn't have the private sector the way we do now. But he's basically leading the way. I heard somebody say he's looking like uh, Winston Churchill up there. I, right? I mean, whatever. He, I think he looks more like an American president than a foreign prime minister. But whatever the case is, he looks, he looks like a real leader. Okay. But he's mobilized the complete mobilization of the production capacity of the United States. And he's making sure that we have the personal protective equipment and supplies, that we have the ventilators, that we have the hospital capacities, 
that we can handle a potential surge of infected and hospitalized. This is what he's doing. And the media is worrying about what he said on March 10th. I mean, that was what Acosta talked about in the press conference on Monday. He said, do you remember on March 10th you said this? Instead of talking about where we're going forward, he's taking the guy back three weeks in a comment. I, I, I just think it's, look, they, they are mentally unstable. Their Trump derangement syndrome is absolutely affecting the way they they handle questioning. And, and it it also... It also leads them to deliberately, seemingly deliberate, deliberately uh, misinterpret facts. They leave stuff out and or they omission or they omit facts. and They just shape stories to try to make Trump look bad. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's, it's so overt and so over the top. One thing that's interesting is they, they, they all you see some of these fake experts wanting Trump to declare the Defense Production Act which is where the federal government can compel companies. Basically, they take over the companies. I, I just think that there's some people in the Democrat Party that want this to happen just in case they are able to pull off a, you know, if if Custer was able to surround all those Indians at the last minute and pull off a victory, that they would be sitting there uh, in the catbird seat and they'd have the they'd have the Defense Production Act. They'd own all these companies and they could start directing them on things like how to set up their boards or their board of directors and how they can get, you know, how can they, how they can start uh, playing identity politics with companies in a, in a way that has never been experienced before. So they're, they're looking to punish companies in a way that's never happened. But whatever the case is, Trump's basically saying, look, I don't have to do certain things. I mean, look, the fact that I can do it compels companies to work with me. But I think they're working with me, as Trump says, because they want to help the country. So he's putting his best foot forward on this. And again, the media is just out of their minds because Trump approvals are through the roof and he's winning in almost every poll. And why? Because Trump is demonstrating leadership. He's unfiltered. He's out there every day. He's putting out his call to action. And he's mobilizing the entire economy. And we see companies coming forward and saying, well, how can I help? How can I help? What they're not saying is how much profit can I make? Which is, that's interesting. But again, you don't see that on the fake news either. You don't hear any discussion on the fake news talking about, about how these companies are stepping up. You really don't get into that. It's, it's all about what Trump didn't do in February. I mean, what could have done differently in January. And then this is kind of the, or could have done differently uh, while he was uh, being investigated for Russian collusion. Okay. They're, they're all going after Trump for what he could have done earlier in his presidency. They're all talking about the fact that, and like I told you about Newt Gingrich, what I failed to mention, but I'll mention it now. When he was on that, on that interview with Megan McCain, he says, you know, the, the, the supplies, the PPEs, the personal protect, protective equipment, that was all depleted after the after the swine flu. It was all depleted back in 2010. And Obama knew that he had to put it in place, and he did not restock it. Now, who was president for six years after the swine flu? It was Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. And Joe Biden was his, you know, Joe Biden was his sidekick. And, you know, I mean, they didn't reply. Look, I'm not blaming people. I'm simply saying, I mean, who, who would expect a pandemic need, but when they utilized all the PPEs, they didn't replace them. And I mean, states like New York, they were recommended that they had to re replenish some of their emergency 
PPE supplies and ventilators. They were told they didn't exactly invest the money in that. They spent their money in other things. You know, whatever. I, I, I don't know specifically what he chose to spend the money on, but I can promise you that he didn't spend it on what he needed to. And uh, as a result, they didn't have the supplies they needed when the pandemic hit. I mean, the governors failed to stock their own stockpiles. But, you know, you don't hear the media say that. You don't hear Jake Tapper say that. You don't hear Wolf Blitzer say that. You don't hear, you know, you don't you don't hear any of these people on, on MSNBC or any of these fake news pundits ever say that. No, it's all Trump didn't do this or Trump didn't do that. But by the way, they don't talk about how Trump was completely under assault for the entire time he's been a president, which, again, includes, as I stated, includes, as I stated, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, Trump is, uh, you know, he just was he's under assault here. But I mean, he just he's just being misrepresented. Now, you saw real clear politics. They put polling out there. ABC News poll shows that Trump and Biden are in a dead heat. Folks, believe me. They know that poll isn't real. There is no dead heat between sleepy Joe Biden, who can't compose three sentences. Uh, there is no, there is no, there is no threat of that guy winning. They know he cannot win. I mean, this is the same guy on the View when he was asked about the cure, coming up with the cure. He said, "Well, we have. This is Joe Biden. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse, no matter what. No matter what." So on CNN, he said, you know, you're supposed to, you know, when he was doing an interview with Jake Tapper, he's hacking on the, doing coughing, and Jake Tapper said, uh, you know, you need to cough like this. And he went on to say that he, he, he learned it while he was covering the White House when Michelle Obama during the swine flu said, cough into your arm like this. I remember her demonstrating it. Well, Jake Tapper demonstrated that to Joe Biden. But this is the same guy who, who just doesn't know how to inspire anybody. And believe me, folks, he doesn't inspire anybody to greatness. Leaders inspire, leaders energize, and they just motivate people. And Joe Biden doesn't do any of that. Okay, and I think uh, they know that Joe Biden is the play there. And so they're also ABC News shows him in a dead heat. Well, folks, there's no dead heat there. I mean, Trump's doing his own polling, and they all show the numbers. But I love it when they do the real clear politics. I think. I think what's really important is uh, they see that, like, well, by the way, in that same poll on ABC News, they showed that, I guess, Bernie Sanders supporters, uh, 16 to 20 percent of them are leaning towards Trump and not Biden already. So they're seeing that and that's upsetting them. But I think I think the bottom line is they, they're they're also ABC News. does They definitely skew their models. We know this from watching the polls. My guess is if they're doing any kind of a predictive election model, they're going to show Trump up by five to ten points, and they know it. That's why they don't show it. They always skew the numbers. They they show that there's a lot more Democrats being polled than, than it should be. <clears throat> well, we know that Democrats won't be coming out. Why? Because they're fragmented. Why? Because they're not motivated. Why? Because they're not inspired. Why? Because they they don't even know why they want Biden. And it's just amazing. They're not unless they're coming out to vote for someone, they're not as motivated. When you look at Trump's approvals right now, I mean, his approvals are strong and they know it. And this is what I think is real clear politics. 
it's funny because Real Clear Politics shows it. Now, what Real Clear Politics to our listeners, what is Real Clear Politics? Real Clear Politics is an average of polling. So when Real Clear Politics shows his approvals at 51% of handling the coronavirus, then you must know and understand that it's likely higher than that because Real Clear Politics takes bad polling and, 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 and does it with good polling and they come up with an average. I don't know why they do this. I don't know what the motive is for Real Clear Politics. I don't like it. But I can tell you when Real Clear Politics has Trump at 51 percent, it's bad news for Democrats because – Every poll shows them at near 60, and they know that. So they, they find a few bad ones, and they bring them in there to bring them down to 51%. <laughs> Folks, they know they're in trouble, okay? You know, we we're, we're, we know this, and we're all seeing this, and, and how Trump has inspired the businesses to do this is an amazing thing. But getting back to that, we see businesses with enthusiasm and a willingness to help, and this is what Trump has been able to do. He's called this country to come together to fight this war against the plague. And folks, I'm telling you, I am sure all of our listeners are very impressed by the nation's manufacturers, in particular, coming forward to do everything they can to help our country. And we see what's happening with our critical supply chains. I think this is a very compelling point, too. Very distinctive here. You know, that. The supply chains for key pharmaceuticals and medical supplies and devices, this crisis has highlighted the need for America and Trump's vision of America first, but the need for America to change those supply chains. Why? Because we need to be more self-reliant. So Trump is pushing for bringing back manufacturing right back here domestically. This just feeds into the Trump narrative, all of it, watching China threaten to withhold certain things from us. I mean, my goodness, this feeds into the narrative. Okay, I mean, it's absolutely vital that we do this. And and the threat that China may withhold critical medications reveals how vulnerable we really are. Look, these are complex, multi-billion dollar supply chains. With sterile FDA approved manufacturing, make no mistake, they're not easy to move and you don't just move them overnight. But this certainly has highlighted the issue of our vulnerability that Trump has highlighted over and over with his concerns, and he's done this. But again, the fake news doesn't report that. What's interesting is that we're seeing now the possibilities of how China can affect us with these supply chains. And we're seeing the need for moving the supply chains. And obviously Trump is highlighting that. He'll continue to highlight it. Trump's concern about medical products is a future potential strategic threat if we do not change our supply chain from our dependency on foreign sources. He's seen that. He's always seen that. He's always said that. And I'm personally confident that Trump, in his dealings with President Xi in China, will ensure that we have access to these products that we need if if they're able to be produced. So that's why it's good that China's apparently bent its curve. I mean, I guess they had done it. And is getting back to work and reopening its factories. I'm sure Trump will, as he always does, fight for American workers and fight for the health care in working and working with any country. I mean, he's fighting for that. Trump's initiated the use of chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine with the Z pack. And I talked about this earlier in our show here. 
And he's shown anecdotal uh, promise in treating people with who become affected with this COVID-19. And Trump's vision as president on this matter, and more broadly, with the field of emerging medicines for patients in dire need, has been clear. Trump is being called, I've heard this said, he's being called the right to try president. I've heard that being said. And I think that's right, because I think we... He's the one that initiated this right to try. After his successful efforts uh, in getting exploratory treatments, I mean, he's done this. He wants to help patients in need. So Trump is following that same vision of bringing hope to the public with these experimental and thus far untested medications. Trump is connecting with people in a way he hasn't before now. Now, what's interesting is I've heard this said, suburban moms have massive concerns about Trump's sensitivity to human needs. Well, folks, they're getting a belly full because they're seeing it now. And they're hearing Trump's state from his own mouth. They're hearing him on the unfiltered press conferences. They're hearing Trump's state that we must mitigate the fatalities and look after the health of our citizens. That gives anyone confidence that Trump is doing the job. While the Democrats are offering financial aid to PBS and the Kennedy Center of Performing Arts and Planned Parenthood, okay, when when that's their solution for connecting with the struggling families, Trump's offering real help in the form of direct deposit cash into these people's checking accounts. And he's helping businesses with government grants to stay afloat. And he's even offering big, big, big businesses huge incentives to keep people on payroll. He's doing this while simultaneously offering compassion and care for the un, for the infirmed and the afflicted. Folks, this is what I've meant for the last 18 months that I've been doing. That You know, I've been on this show for 18 months. We've been talking this. We've been saying this over and over for 18 months. When I call Trump our Gideon with a sword, he's he is, folks, he's touched by God. And how you know that is you see his his abilities, his energy, his wisdom. All of this can only come from God. When someone's under complete assault like he is all the time, you see how he just performs. Trump is demonstrating his long-standing commitment to the country every day. Look, the president will leave no stone unturned to be sure that there are therapeutics available for people to try. Remember, this is the right to try president. This is the guy who was the first to get right to try legislation so that people who have no hope would have new hope and new therapies that they haven't yet, that they haven't been proven, but but maybe can give a try because they have no hope. Look, this is the same approach he's been bringing to COVID-19, which is if there are products that doctors think might be helpful, we need to make sure that there's no regulatory barriers to the doctors being able to, to use these. They might be able to save a patient's life. Folks, we have to eradicate this plague. We we have to be ready in case it comes back later. I mean, diseases have a natural curve to them, 
And that's what we talk about with the curve and we need to flatten the curve. But there's a natural increase and then a natural decrease with any disease, whether that's the nature of this virus or not. But it is what generally happens with respiratory illnesses. We know that. When the warmer weather approaches, people engaged in natural social distancing, it, it happens automatically because they're outside and they're more spread out outside. So they're not all cooped up in buildings. But the respiratory virus as well, don't miss this. It doesn't respond favorably to humid and warmer conditions generally. Now, this particular virus has a special layer of fat around it which helps us survive longer outside the body. That's what the concern I have is, and that's what I'm sure the president's thinking about, is that this virus does not respond the same way to warm conditions as other viruses. This is what leads me to think it was man-made. But whatever the case is, they do expect it to to not survive outside the body uh, with warmer weather. And so the goal is to delay the curve. Look, Trump's historic actions... I believe they're going to contain this and keep it outside of our borders with restrictions. He's going to continue restrictions on travel with China and from Europe, Iran, and et cetera, <laughs> any other country that has high infection, okay? that We're going to see a natural decline. It's going to happen, okay? We need to use that time effectively to develop a vaccine and therapeutics so that in the event that the infection returns, with a wave in the fall or next winter where we'll be more prepared for it with new therapies and, and new vaccines. And I think that's a very, very important distinctive fact. As I stated on the Gallup polling, I mean, Trump looks very good and the Democrats know it. And I just, uh, folks, I just want to give everyone encouragement on this because there's a lot that's been going on, a lot, and uh, a lot of uncertainty out there. But I think this economy is going to come back strong. I think we're going to see a lot of a leaving of these. Um, I mean, Trump's basically out there every day doing news presses, and, and he's just going to be out there. You're going to see him alter his approach. He's going to be flexible with the data that comes in. As the data changes, he's going to start doing different things. So be of good cheer. Know that God is sovereign and God is in control and that we're able to do and God and Man is not with with man. There's a whole lot that's impossible with, but with God, nothing is impossible. With that, folks, I want to leave it there. We are out of time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate your being with us today on the point this morning. Tune in every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. right here on AM radio 1180 WFYL for this compelling, distinctive discussion. Some of our audience listens to The Point live at the website, um, am1180wfyl.com. Uh, you go there and listen live, or you can also listen to The Point on YouTube. If you search um, 1180wfyl on the YouTube search box, you'll pull up the listen live picture there, and you can listen there. How, and some just listen to us in the listening area. However you choose to listen to us, this is why we're here. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for being with us. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.